0: There's nothing better than getting a zone map that hits
1: the nail on the head. Zones are perfect. If I were a betting man, which I am, I'd be putting money on that those zones were created on ADMS from GK technology.
0: They have the secret sauce, taking data, transforming it in an
1: extremely accurate manner. So if you want to take your zone creation to the next level, you need to be using ADMS. That's the egg data mapping solution. Their customer service is second to none. Go to their website to learn more and reach out. You will not be disappointed. That's www.gktechinc.com.
0: We've all been out soil sampling this year. Farm QA has some cool tools to make your life a lot simpler.
1: Yeah, like interactive soil sampling features that help you gather data in an easy manner.
0: Adding GPS collection points with just one click.
1: And integration that allows you to add your zone maps from other software like GK technology. And a super cool team feature that allows everyone on your sampling crew to see what fields
0: are sampled and what fields need to be sampled.
1: Efficiency people, efficiency.
0: So if you haven't checked out Farm QA yet, what are you waiting for?
1: Pick up that phone and give Ben a call. Or check him out on FarmQA.com. Hey, I'm Kyle Oki. And I'm Jason Hansen. And you are listening to the Agronomist Happy Hour podcast. Rock and roll!
0: That's why they took vodka over there.
1: Better off spraying the vodka on those (laughs) last words. Drought is no fun to endure. It's devils right now. That's beer. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to the Agronomist Happy Hour, and yet again. We have got a good one for you and something different as far as a guest speaks than what we've had in previous episodes. So we're excited about this because uh, she, who we'll introduce here in just a moment, plays an important role in the agricultural community just as much as we do as agronomists or people do as sales or people that are in extension, like when we were talking to Lindsay last week. And so we have Morgan Stutrood with us on the line, and we'll have Morgan. You introduce yourself, but you are a farm business management instructor. educator yep. instructor. Yep, I'm a instructor management
2: education instructor for Dakota College of Botno, based in Rugby. So there's three of us with Dakota College of Botno, and I kind of take Willow City ish area to yep. Wolford, and then down to about Harvey is kind of where I get most of my producers.
0: Hmm. Every Every one of those positions, is it affiliated with a college in the state?
2: Yes. Every every instructor's run through a college in the state. Um, we have Dakota College of Botanical, Lake Region, um, Bismarck State College, um, Indies. I can never get that kind of right. Um, the North Dakota College of Science in Wahpeton, Um Oh, yep. I feel like I'm forgetting one. But, um, yeah, we go through the colleges in the state. So people get a little confused because they think it's an accredited classroom environment, but it's not. You're working one-on-one with one of us instructors.
0: Okay. I just found it on the website here. Dickinson is that Dickinson state be one as well? or college? Um,
2: no, Maybe so I, we yeah. have somebody in Dickinson. She bounces back and forth between Dickinson. Um, but she's run through Bismarck state. There used to be somebody at Dickinson and then, um, they ended up hiring somebody through Bismarck State instead.
0: Gotcha. Mm-hmm.
2: So we do have a couple instructors that um, bounce around a little bit. Um, Harley is at Bismarck, but she works in Dickinson some. And um, Kelsey is in the Oaks area, but she bounces to Fargo some. So we're, we're kind of all over the place.
0: Well, I know the folks at uh, Lake Region State. That's that's where I'm probably most affiliated with. Uh, Darren Wilcox there. Uh, they, yeah. And uh, I think Jason used to be there. He's down in the Jamestown area now.
2: Yes, he's Uh, in Carrington.
0: Carrington. There you go. So what what is the main thing? I mean, I have my thoughts as to what it is just talking with the local folks, but what is it that uh, that program is and what is your role in that?
2: So we work with farmers on meeting their business and personal goals is our mission. Um, What I do on a day-to-day, I... set up appointments with my farmers. They come in, Um, when they're first starting out, we kind of work on getting an organization system going, kind of seeing what meets their needs. If they're pretty tech savvy, we can get them set up in an accounting software. If they aren't, we we have um, pen and paper books that we can work with them on getting things, you know, recorded and in an order that's gonna make sense for them. And then for someone like me, who's going through it and double checking, and then as well as an accountant, or tax prepper. Um,
1: once we get that kind
2: of going, they will come in during that closeout season, which is this period right now, um, from about end of November to March ish is our closeout season. So they'll bring in all of their records, um, financial records, crop records, cattle records, pretty much all of it. We go through, we enter it into our program Finpac and, it produces one updated balance sheet for them to take to the bank and then an analysis that breaks out every part of their production, whether it be whole farm, a crop analysis, just livestock. And it breaks it out and gives you the nitty gritty of every part of your operation. And so we can see the net return per enterprise, how your direct expense is measured up between the enterprises. And it just really gets you a good idea of where you're standing in every part of your operation instead of clustering it all together as one and being like, oh, I made money this year or I didn't, you know, we do that too, but it's it's, it's better to see it broken out.
1: So this is their true first look at the yeah. nitty gritty. Let's say, hey, I, I made a great yield this year on my corn or on my soybeans or on my wheat, but what did I actually yeah. make versus what, what I spent. spent? Which
2: is important because, you know, you you go, you write the big check and you kind of forget about it and then you get your crop in and you're super excited because you got, you know, we got a good return. Well, maybe you did it, you know, and maybe we got to look at doing some things a little bit differently, which um, I don't necessarily (laughs) recommend like, hey, I think you should do this with your crop versus this, because I am definitely not an agronomist or a soil, you know, I don't do that. But, you know, when we're seeing things are looking bad, we, it's, you know, maybe we should look at this, start doing something different, not pour so much into something that's not giving us enough back, you know. Oh. So it's kind of an eye opener for some of our guys.
1: Well, it's a missing link. I've I've always thought, too, is the agronomist to the farmer, the salesperson to the farmer or whoever's helping them with their mm-hmm. agronomy needs. Because when you start to look at the actual return on investment on things, and you start to ask those questions, like you yeah. said, you might not know, you know, hey, is this really what contributed right. to your yield, or you know, I've, I've I've got other farmers I work with that don't do these things, but still raise these same crops. There's so many little intricacies and that it's go easy on to
2: fall into that. When you're you know doing a family farm, you might say, well, we've always grown this forever great grandpa grew this back in the day and you know well okay maybe it's not working out so good anymore you know it's a, it's an important thing for the farmers to realize where their money's going and you know what what enterprises are actually profitable
0: what is uh, I, th- I always think of uh let's see i've been you know my career i currently am a business owner i've worked in retail i've worked for a corporation and the fun part of the business is the things you like to do and, and always the tough part is the books or the not fun part because it's, it's the invoice. It's the same thing. I think you're, you're figuring out where you're spending money, where you're, where you're actually making money. How do you, uh, that whole getting people on a system? Is that, is that tough to do? I mean, if they're, if they're just coming in,
2: you know, I'm pretty new in this position. This is my second year and a lot of my guys have been in this program for, 20 plus years and so they're pretty set in their ways and a lot of them do have really good record keeping and you know i'm more of a tech savvy person and they are the pen and paper and so i'm not trying to if it's working for them i'm not trying to fix what's not broken but there are some people that do could do a little bit better on their record keeping they don't actually really have an idea of what's going on and it is a challenge to try to get them to sit down once a week and try to, you know, get your books in order, categorize your expenses, because you don't want to make them feel like they're doing anything wrong. Because, I mean, there is no right or wrong. There's just a more efficient way to get this done so that you're better as an operation. And yeah, it's difficult. People don't want to... You know, some people don't want to come in and talk to me because they don't want to know what's going on in their operation. It's easier just to think, okay, you know, things are great. And so I do, when people come in, you know, it's, I do feel the little bit sense of dread, but, um, I try to make it fun. Like, you know, we talk, we I'm not judgmental at all when I'm working with my producers. And so, you know, it's, it's just getting people to understand you're not there to judge them. You're here to help them. And, you know, I'm never going to look at somebody and be like, what the heck are you doing? You know, like I, if I ask questions, it's because I want to understand to make sure I'm doing this right for you.
1: So what kind of frequency are you meeting with the farmers you work with?
2: It is variable. Um, Right now is the biggest time I'm meeting with producers. Um. Some of our instructors start meeting with them um, end of November. I, my guys don't like to see me that early. So I'll really start um, hitting <laughs> the ground. I might do a lot of like pre imped work at the end of December, but we really hit the ground running January 1st when, you know, everything for the pre- previous year is locked in. And so we will, I will be seeing people every day of the week until. Probably about the beginning of April. Um, our state averages that we give out to everybody—they um, are due for us. I think mine's due mid-March, and so we try to get everybody in and get that done so that they can get into the state average books by that time. Um, it's just not possible for some people, so you know. But I usually finish up around April. We do do farm visits over the course of the year too, so. Like I might pop out to the farm, um, obviously only if I'm welcome, but, um, you know, just to check in and say hi, like we haven't haven't <laughs> seen you in, a, you know, six months and just keep that relationship going.
0: How have things gone with um, these crop prices and these input prices? How is that? Has that changed the conversation?
2: Uh, well, uh, you know, I years. can't speak for a couple of years ago because I, that last year was my first year, but... And last year was a challenging first year because I, I came in and, um, you know, all those input prices just spiked and what I w- we were coming in through from the drought. And so I really was overwhelmed, not knowing what to expect, doing my research, trying to, you know, get a really good grasp before I, you know, repeated it back to my, um, students. But yes, input prices are up. Crop prices were actually up last year too. Um. Didn't have, so far, I haven't seen everybody yet, but we haven't had near as much um, crop insurance collection from last year. Definitely not near as many government payments. So, you know, it it just looks different every year. And when my guys ask, I always say, well, you know, I wish I had a crystal ball for you, but here's what I think. And, you know, I, although I like to think I know it all, sometimes, you know, the world stuff happens.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's, don't, don't, uh, don't feel isolated. Yeah, right. Wrong. I know.
2: <laughs> I wish I had all the right answers.
0: <laughs> I always uh, get into conversations and you listen to economists and, and in the state, things like that. Uh, and how is, how is it dealing with the, uh, the, the equity piece or the, or the, the family living part of it? Cause that's, that seems to be like mm. the most subjective, um, it can change so much, and and I, I just remember back in oh, was it probably that 2008 to 2012 time frame. Everything went like this, and after a period of time, you kind of got used to that, and then it then it then it changed, came down. So how do you? That to me would be if I was in your shoes, that'd be like the most stressful thing. I think is and, dealing with that subject and that
2: the guys. It's the biggest struggle is getting them to understand like you know, even though we're doing your farm books, family living is huge. We have to keep track of that. We have to record it. And you know, some people don't want to because it's not affecting their operation. Well, it is, you know, we have to keep track of that. And um, they might say, "Oh, my wife pays for all of that. Well, maybe she pays for most of it, but you know, so it's really important trying to get them to understand family living is one of the biggest costs. I mean, with the least return, you know, you're putting in thousands of thousands of dollars into your crop, but you're also getting that back. Whereas you're putting in thousands of dollars in the family living and it's just gone. And it's, it's an easy thing to lose track of when you're spending 20 bucks here or there, but it is, it is really important to keep track of. And, um, you know, you don't always, some of my guys, I say, you don't have to keep track of it to the T, but like, you know, Keep your food, your personal health. I mean, we have all sorts of categories. And, you know, if if you don't feel like breaking them out into 60 different categories, that's fine. But at least keep track of it. You know, if it's just one big lump sum, that helps me more than nothing at all. It, it does can slip by yeah, quick. even you know mm-hmm. even myself checking my bank statements i'm like oh boy you need to slow down <laughs> and, and it, it really does <laughs> sneak up on you so it's it's important to keep an eye on that and record that as well cuz you are spending more than you think you are usually
1: that is usually how it goes yeah i would agree with that and yes. and especially the family living stuff i mean even if you're not a a farm but you're just a business owner you you start to think about the things you spend on that don't contribute yeah. back to your business, and there there's a lot of expenses that it can catch up on you really fast.
2: We, one of our big things is like keeping track of how much. You're paying yourself what your time is worth in your operation. And so that's an important thing to know when you're contributing to family living. So if you don't know how much money you're making, because, you know, a farmer doesn't get the biweekly paycheck that everybody else does. And so if you're spending more than you're making in family living and you don't realize that, you're going to lose a ton of money without it It just slipped right out of your hands. So it's, it's really important, whether even if you think, you know, not with the farm it is in a
1: roundabout way. I would say that that's a great point just because your income is primarily either when you sell the cattle, if you're, if you're going to sell off, uh, you know, the, the young of the year or whatever, or if it's crops, it's always in the fall and you see this giant influx at that point, And then you're used to just seeing a bank account yeah. statement and you go, ah, well, yeah, that that's probably fine. But, uh, what might throw things off right now is that, okay, so we know that crop prices are inflated, which is a good thing. But uh, at the same time, crop inputs are inflated to match that. And everything that could go into family living, I mean, look at, look at the cost of anything right now, groceries to uh, new vehicles that wouldn't be considered on farm, um, uh, just any household things.
0: Yeah, all of it. Kids stuff, activities, sports, We went grocery hobbies. shopping
2: yesterday. The price of eggs is ridiculous right now. The way...
1: That one's making a buzz. fluctuate. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's
2: it's an important thing to keep track of. To so, you know, money flies out way faster than it comes in. And I don't think people realize how uh, how much of that really does go to family living.
0: I always have good intentions where I'm going to every month. Uh, I, I, so when I'm in my vehicle... This time of the year, it's a lot of a lot of road time, a lot of meetings. Uh, you got places you're gonna stay at. And every month I tell myself, I'm gonna have all my monthly keep track, all my expenses in every month. And then the <laughs> next thing I know is July. <laughs> and I have this pile of receipts totally disorganized. And then you gotta like, well, you almost like, Well, it's too late now. We'll just we'll just pound through this deal with that at the end of the year. (laughs) Yeah. And cuss a lot at the end of the year because I, Uh. I didn't have a good of a plan. So I, I'm starting out. Okay. This year, but it's it's only the ninth day of the year.
2: (laughs) I, you know, I, my husband and I's finances with the farm and then, you know, my personal stuff is obviously separate, but um, I always like, you know, there's so many apps out there that are free for finance. And so whenever I, for mine, you know, I go through a week and I'll be like, oh, yeah, okay. And then I can remember what it was actually for. And I kind of do it that way where, you know, it's it's on my phone and then, you know, you can, there's, these apps can print reports and all sorts of stuff.
1: So this is, this is what I wanted to ask you. So I'm glad you're bringing it up is you mentioned that you're definitely uh, the more <laughs> tech savvy, although a lot of your clientele are old school, let's say, and I've and been doing it for uh, 25 plus years in the farm business management program. But, uh, you know, so they, they might be more of uh, a balance sheet, actually writing things down pen and paper. But uh, for those of us that want to use apps, a phone, a web program, I mean, what are some resources that are out there for farmers or other business owners really to track expenses and try to keep track of some of that stuff so they're maybe a little more on top of things than uh, the whole get to July and go, wow, I got a lot of receipts. So I'm not sure what I've been spending. <laughs> um,
2: primarily, and the people I work with, we use Quicken or QuickBooks. And then there is also a program that is centered around um, farming that's called Easy Farm. Um, the Al Grainer, who was the um, instructor here for many, many years before Sheila. Um, he really pushed Easy Farm. So I have quite a few um, students using Easy Farm. It does have a cost to it, which I mean, all of these programs do for a business. You know, it's not the simple layouts. Um, but yeah, Quick and QuickBooks are the ones I recommend the most because they're the one I'm the most familiar with. You know, it varies per person. Um, Some of my guys are crazy on Excel. And so, you know, it's just, it works, it's whatever works best for you. I, I have not, I have not tried to persuade any of my easy farm guys into doing QuickBooks or Quicken because, you know, if it's what's working for you, let's not change it. And, but those are just a few of the programs that I know. I'm sure there's tons out there, but those are the ones we use primarily in the program.
0: What is it that, uh, is there anything that you sit down with your, your farmer clients? Do they, Is there anything specific that just is more worrisome on their part? I mean, it'll probably be – there's probably one or a couple things that really keep people worried about some stuff.
2: Yes, when I have guys come in and, you know, they – When you're not using any sort of, I guess, accounting software, that's when, like, the red flag goes up in my mind. And and I'm using accounting software loosely. Like, you could have just an Excel sheet, and that would – if it's organized and it's what works for you, fantastic. But when I have them come in with um, just a plain notebook with, you know, stuff written out, I – I get a little bit worried because I feel like in more times than not, that's when we have issues in our programs with things not balancing is because, you know, they might not have everything recorded because they're sitting down the night before our meeting, trying to get this all into a notebook, And so that's when I get most concerned. Although if, and I'm not saying that like notebook as in handwritten pen and paper, because they're the books we give out are just huge ledgers with tons of columns for information um, and that always works out really well but it's the unorganized you know feed spent this much seed spent that much that I'm like mm, hopefully this comes out in the end
0: <laughs> do many of your do many of your clients have any formal accounting background or how do they how do they get to you is, is it because they they are looking for that or they just they want someone to help them they don't they don't want to deal with it as much as Or I'm just trying to figure out, because I've had people that I've consulted with that have used this adult farm management and loved it.
2: Yeah. So I wouldn't say so much that we're going to do your accounting for you. Um, The accounting, I will gladly help you get something set up and help you. If you need help organizing it, I will gladly help you do it. But that's the education part is you've got to, you know, try to maintain this yourself. We're teaching you to do it a lot of the guys come in starting out they were fsa required so they want to take a loan out with the fsa and the um they decide that they need to come through our program and so then if that's the case they're required to take two years of the program with us and we'll teach them the you know an organization system and a way to just keep their finances organized and then we also do that analysis and, um, and then honestly, we, we do maintain quite a bit of FSA. I, I all of the guys that I had last year that would have, you know, graduated that FSA program I maintained, which I was very proud of. Um, but then, you know, there's the ones that, you know, don't think they need this program and they're doing it just because the FSA says so, and then they're in and out in two years. So that's one way they come to us. Other ways are just Word of mouth. They might have heard it from their friend or from their um, loan officer at the bank. Uh, we work a lot with the loan officers and they may recommend, hey, this program might be good for you. Maybe you should check it out. And then we have a conversation with that student to see if it's something that they think might actually help them. It is, I would say, definitely more word
1: of
0: mouth than
1: anything. Because the real scope of what you guys do is truly education is how to help those that farm be able to do their own accounting. So do yes. do the farmers that utilize the adult farm business management program also have an accountant they work with, and they just do this as kind of like a a check for themselves and make sure they have their orders in line, and then they still work with an accountant as far as uh, tax preparation and yes. that kind
2: of. They'll work with an accountant for tax prep, um, you know. But what they won't get from their accountant is the direct input or yeah, input cost per enterprise. Like they won't get that information that we are giving them through our analysis. And then they also won't get the explanation for what those results mean. So that's the one thing that kind of sets us apart from accounting is where we are not doing the accounting for you. We will. I would love to help anybody (laughs) ask me for help. I'm there. Um, But then the real, the real bread and butter is the analysis. And then the explanation of that analysis.
1: Which is the important part, right? Because you can go to any accountant and they can look at expenses versus money you have coming in and tell yep. you, okay, we know what your taxable income is. Here it is. Yep. And here's what you owe the government. Or here's what you don't owe.
2: Yep. And they, they can show you your their net, your net income for the year pretty easily. But, you know, they won't be able to break it down and show you per crop, per livestock enterprise, and, you know, where we might have gone wrong or where we might have gone right, you know, it, I mean, I'm sure that's something they could do, but most accounts aren't, you know, don't have the time to do that kind of stuff, especially come tax season.
1: That was just my thought. They're so swamped. It's just a in, out, here's your numbers, here's what you need yeah. to know, but, but this is the important part is they can dig in on this and you can actually explain, hey, what do these numbers actually mean? And and also interject and say, hey, something seems different here. What did you do differently here? You're not making as much money as what I think you should be or yeah. our analysis, you know, thinks you should be. So let's let's dig a little deeper and figure it out. You know, was there something extra you did this year that maybe didn't actually contribute to your bottom line? And
2: Yes. And I would say us, you know, being more agriculture focused we have a better idea that helps us catch any sort of typos. Like, you know, if you entered a price for a crop, that was crazy. We'd, you know, be able to catch that maybe a little quicker than an accountant. might
0: be Is there any type of, is grain strictly grain farming easier to do than livestock or not really? Or, is, or what, what that, I'm not, I'm not a cow or hog person. So I always, at least on Twitter, I follow a lot of that because it's fascinating to me, mm-hmm. but I'm always curious on the, the, the business side of it, because it means, they're fairly vocal people. <laughs>
2: in my opinion, other instructors could feel differently. I do find the crop side a little more straightforward than um, cattle. There's just like so many more things to keep track of in cattle that it slips by a little bit easier. Um, so I have an easier time doing crop than livestock. Um, but that somebody else might feel differently who is more involved in livestock than I
1: am. It might all be what you're used to, but imagine if you're doing crop yeah. and livestock yeah. in the same farm operation, which there are quite a few that do that. And and then if you're raising crop or using crop acres as cattle feed, which is, let's face it, a lot of the crop you raise is used like that. How do you How do you consider what the value of the feed you're producing is? versus i could see where it gets complicated fast and
2: yes that's where i usually have the most trouble is help um, getting the breakdown between the crops and then what was fed and you know not not everybody keeps track of what they're feeding every single day which is a huge input cost on livestock and so it's important and you know they might think well it's my hay it's free i'm feeding them for free no, you're not because there's input costs <laughs> that went into that. hay, you know, and so it's right. getting people to think more in that mindset instead of, you know, this is what I feed for the whole year. Good enough, you know, and that's, and, and maybe I feel that way because my background before coming into this position was feed related. And so maybe okay. I'm stuck on that, but um, it's a huge input cost and it's important to know.
1: I, I guess I've seen where, uh- and again, my experience on the cattle side of things is so minimal, but I've, I've sold, uh, forage seed. I've sold inputs, um, silage corn, all that to cattle producers. And I can definitely tell there are some that like, just give me the cheapest whatever you got. And. I just need the cheapest input seed, and I, and I kind of feel like, you know, listening to this conversation as we're going, those might be the ones that don't keep track as well, and they just go, well, it's my hay, it's free, whatever. Yep. But then you have those farms that actually do start to segregate that out and pay attention, and then they're really after, like, hey, what kind of feed value can I get off of this silage corn? Well, yes. this this whole sorghum thing, um, how many cuttings can I get off of that? What does it take to produce? What kind of tonnage can I get? How many bales will this get, and and what will this get for like rate of gain? And you know, like they're paying attention to those things, and and then I, I believe that's because they're paying attention at a finer detail, and and they understand the business oh, side. Talk enterprises
2: yeah. we break out the AUMs used during each um, pasture when you're moving them between pastures, which attributes to your average daily gain and the feed you use and all of that, and so. I I sometimes I really have to reach back into when I I worked with feed but um cuz I'm definitely not a nutritionist but it is important to know what you're feeding your cows and what your daily gain is you know you you might think it's something better than it is and you're putting more into your enterprise than you actually should be and it's just not something that a lot of people keep track of but it's really important for a successful operation <laughs>
1: <laughs> This is going to be a left field question but um have you ever worked with any producers that uh, kind of lump themselves in the regenerative category? Because those uh okay, well there there might be my answer there. So regenerative agriculture is kind of a mix of uh a cattle and crop and the whole goal is to reduce their inputs and utilize more of the cattle side of things uh if for their inputs. So if that's manure um and you know grazing them on fields et cetera when there's not a crop on there I, I Probably was just doing ki-
0: cover crops too
1: yeah I was just I, I was just curious if you had any experience working with uh, any producers that utilize that system yeah. because that that would be a very different way to try to justify how are your how are your reduction and in inputs actually paying you back
2: right um, you know I'm sure I have producers that practice that way a little loosely but um, no it's not something that we've discussed yep, i have a
1: feeling you'd know they, they like we said that there's a there's a vocal group <laughs> and they're they're definitely of the vocal category in in that producer kind uh category and and there's nothing wrong with what they do um uh, it always fascinates me i always want to talk to regenerative producers to just understand that process so that's why i ask
0: so you mentioned your background a little bit and he said there was some feed. So what is, uh, how did, how did you, because we were talking off camera, uh, how did you get to where you're at? And uh, I just curious. So people kind of have a, a background because I, I have in, I've had interns before that they'll, they'll be with you the whole summer. Like, I want your job. I love what you do. And it's like, I didn't start here. I, there was this process and I did some different yeah. things. So I think people are always curious about, Okay. This is interesting so what is uh how'd you get there
2: yeah so i grew up in northeastern kansas and i went to k-state uh, my degree from there is in feed science and management and that's basically just in feed production so working in a feed mill, we don't so much formulate diets with where that comes from the nutritionist but you get a pretty good idea when you see a bunch of different diets and so i took that and i ended up in fargo mm. with a company working with pet food. Um, I met my husband in Fargo and he is from this area. So I moved out here and I worked remotely for a year for that company, but, um, it just, it wasn't a fit for me. I didn't like working remotely. Um, it was much harder for me to do my job. I wasn't enjoying it as much. And they're, you know, I'm li- I'm in a pretty rural area. There weren't a lot of options with my degree. And so I went back to school and got my master's in agribusiness. And, um, I would say I was probably about halfway through that program when this job opened up and I, it just like something in my mind clicked. I'm like, that sounds perfect. And I applied, got the job, finished my degree. And that's how I ended up here. And I, I, I enjoy it so much. I, I love working with my farmers. I love kind of getting an understanding of how everybody does something a little bit differently. And um, it's, I love my job. That's all I have to say about it.
0: Was your master's, was that out of K-State as well? It was. Yep. Okay. Yeah. You didn't happen to have uh, Dr. Mike Tokash or anything, did you? No, I didn't
2: have him, but I've heard of him. Yes.
0: Yep. He's on, I guess he's on the extension side. Yeah. I've heard of
2: him. I probably read. (laughs) a research paper or something, but yeah, yeah, I know I didn't have
0: him as a teacher. So you go, you go from Northeast Kansas to <laughs> Geographical Center of North America.
2: <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that is whenever I tell people I'm from Kansas, I always do get that little side look like, well, how did you end up here? And so it's a story, it's a process, but I got here. So.
1: <laughs> and it's a great state to live in. Um So... <laughs> I've got another kind of out there question, but I I've, I constantly think about this all the time and, and this might not be as out there as the last one, but I look at what you do as an important part of a farmer's operation. I also look at what an agronomist does as an important part of their operation. I look at a loan officer as an important part of an operation. and I think each of us as individuals might get kind of lost in just what we're focused on and what we see, and we don't get the touch point with the other people. Um, do any of your, your, uh, students, do they, do they work with you and the loan officer or an agronomist or other people that are involved in their operation as, say, like an advisory panel? I, I, I keep hearing this advisory panel thing getting used more. And there's certain types of farm businesses that I, I feel that use that kind of, a uh, format more but um i wish that that was more often done because if the farm business management educator the loan officer the agronomist maybe insurance accountant. accountant were all on the same page things could move forward so much easier
2: right you know um i don't i don't know that anybody does that in like an official channel um But I do know a lot of our guys take the information that we give them, their loan officer, their accountant, and they, you know, we might talk about what their accountant says and it might change the way I do things and, you know, vice versa. And so I think in an unofficial channel, some of our guys do use it as an advisory committee, kind of the ones that, you know, really can click every part of their operation together, Um, but not in any official channel. I we mostly work closely with um, loan officers, so I'm I'm getting a lot of information from the loan officers, and then I give it back when we finish our analysis. And so we work we work more closely with them than we do agronomists um, or anybody else. But we do get some information from agronomists as far as input costs and
1: stuff. Yeah, just trying to piece together at least on yeah what what you should expect for general costs yeah. and.
2: Yeah, a lot of them go back to their, um, or they'll call them when we're in, or we're working together and ask what their total seed costs and if they could break it out per acre per crop. And so, yeah, that's the most we work with with agronomists. But no, that's, a, I think it's a great idea to, you know, kind of have a, everybody pull together and be on the same page and actually meet what that producer's goals are.
1: Right. And, and that's really on the farmer. That, that would, and, and it that's, is, and is. that's a <laughs> tough thing to do. You know, that, that you're, I, I've only heard of very large operations doing that because they treat it like a business more than it's just yes. their personal lifestyle or personal business. But yeah. it, I I constantly think about that. So I'm, I don't know, it seems like it's something I ask all the time uh, of people, just yeah. how you integrate into that.
2: More people should operate that way, you know, I liked how you pointed out, like, their lifestyle. That's a lot of, that's how a lot of farmers see what they're doing is their lifestyle. It's what they've always done. It's maybe what their family's always done. And um, I feel like that can be true, but also at the same time it's a business and we need to be treating it more like a business with those kinds of decisions.
0: I I see that all the time with my, my clients that I work with because I'll have people that'll just ask me, well, how can they, how can they buy that? (laughs) Uh, You know, And it's like, well, you don't know the ins and outs of that, that operation. They're, they're actually, in some cases, they're spending extra money and it's coming back in yield. Right. And so they're, they're leveraged or they're, so they're, they're under the gun to kind of do some of this stuff. And people, you know, the, the drive by the township road and checking out your neighbors type of thing, People are people are always curious. And as an agronomist, I could, you know, if you're going through years of information, uh, yes, 21 was a really bizarre year because it's the first year I remember where there was virtually no fungicide used. Mm-hmm. So there is an expense on a ledger that just didn't happen. Well, it's a, it's a blip. It's a freak deal. But if you're going off last year's information for a budget for next year, your loan officer's got to understand that that's like name the last time that happened. You'd have to go back to probably late eighties.
2: And to add to that, even the the um, income from those crops was so great because of the crop insurance payments and the government payments, and um, it was really such an outlier as far as other farm data goes because it's it was just a wild year.
0: Almost what I found is that uh, if I've got fifteen clients, they probably work with fourteen different crop insurance people, and it's such a foreign thing that I I almost stay out of it. I learned just enough to be dangerous but that is something else that everybody else has to deal with because it's, it can change between agents. Yeah.
2: Yes. I, I've noticed that too. We we have a, a fall and spring conference for all of our farm management instructors and we'll have um, someone from FSA or crop insurance or different loan officers come in and talk and it, it all varies per person, like what they're telling us and what they, what they think. And so, yeah, it's, kind of just piecing it together and getting a summary of what
0: I what the general So as an agronomist, there's things that happen. We just me and Kyle were at the Lake Region Roundup and we listened to Dr. Brian Jenks talk about some very concerning things on some major base chemistries that we use for kosher mm-hmm. control that are kind of failing. And I have a farm that has one farm that has a tremendous amount of kosher. Mm-hmm. And we came up with a plan. It was ten dollars an acre. Extra to do that they've never done before, so it's going to be about fifteen grand of extra stuff, and you got to
1: you have to convince them. But then you know that that's only the first step, and that and that's hard because that's that's extra money to still maintain the same level of yield. But if you don't do it, you lose yield, and so that's a uh, yeah. And then if if you don't do it, you lose yield, you lose cash flow, but you also yeah, it's a tough thing. So there's to weigh outside out. influences. So here, here I am,
0: uh, I'm making Morgan's life tougher because all of a sudden there's this big number that's coming in that has never happened before. <laughs> well, my agronomist told me this is what we should do. And
2: right. Well, and it, it, it's such a fine line. It's, it's an art and a science to making those decisions, you know, Cause, you know, maybe the, the income you get from that yield outweighs the cost and, you know, maybe it doesn't, but it's such a. A fine line, but I would say I trust an agronomist on making agronomic (laughs) decisions way more than I. I would never decide that for you.
0: Yeah, I I agree, Kyle. Everybody gets wrapped up in their own little thing, right? So there's I when Morgan you said I just love my job, right? Uh, I'd say the same thing about what I do, Mm -hmm. but there's certain things about it I love more than others. (laughs) Definitely. But but overall, so it's. I think that's the biggest thing with anybody is that if you've got people that are in this, they obviously love to farm and ranch and they want to do better. I I see the same thing with my clients, and if you're seeing that, it's 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 fun. I mean, it's it's the nuts and bolts of work, but it's a lot better when it's it's funner.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's all it really comes down to. Yeah.
0: You're kind of like a school then you got, you got some people that stay a long time. You got some, you graduate some people, right. Cause they, they're like, Ooh, I get used to this. I love it. And you know what? I can, I'll take it on my own. And yeah. then you're like,
2: yeah, we okay. have people, I would say, you know, our, our goal really is to retain um, cause there, you won't get any sort of degree from this. Um, the only way you, you will just be meeting the FSA requirement. Um, but yeah, we, we really want to retain these people because you know, like we were talking about earlier, it just varies so much year per year. And, um, you could be in it for 30 years and you've got it down. And then, you know, a crazy year, like 2020 happens and now what, you know? And so it's, it's just a second eye, a second pair of eyes on your books. And then somebody really explaining those financial ratios and what all those little numbers that you might usually ignore. Me.
1: Again, it's an extremely important part of a farm business operation. You have, uh, you know, we're always going to fall back on uh, just paralleling things with the agronomist, but the agronomist is only telling you agronomically on what's going to work for your operation. So you want to raise this crop and you want to raise this yield. We can help you with that. Um, Do we pay attention to the business side of things? Some, but we're literally paying attention to the return on investment as far as we know you can get this for the crop and we know this product costs this. And that's what we call return on investment. But, uh, <laughs> but there's a lot more to it than that. There's equipment, there's employees, there's a family business or a family living, all that. And so that's where, uh, you know, you get a way different view into things.
2: Yeah. We definitely get the, um, the thirty thousand foot view, you know, just from their their books, and so yeah, it's there's a lot that goes into it. And, um, I mean, for the program cost, it's for a year being with me, it's under eight hundred dollars, and so you know, I feel like if you're, getting oh, it sounds getting like a, a return yeah, as great as you should be getting, then I think the eight hundred bucks is worth it, you know.
0: Oh yeah, that's definitely. I just all oh, this reminds me of when uh, uh, I came out of, uh, in high school. I was in FFA. And did the farm management contest. And there was all these things that, that, you know, debt to equity ratios. And there was some accounting things I didn't understand. And now that this would, I think really helped some of that out because you're, you're drilling down on it. Yeah. And, uh, I like math, but I found that I found out that accounting is not math. <laughs> it's not <I'm> math. Totally, <laughs> <laughs> no, math is involved, but it is uh, to balance. Uh, things and accounts payable accounts receivable Uh, and then everybody's dealing if you got uh, employees or you're you're set up as an s-corp or just h2a workers and all kinds of other things that come factor into that yeah
2: and you know we even we factor in depreciation and you know things that some people don't even think about and so it's it is it's a lot you know it's a lot of stuff that might slip by just any farmers you know just doing his books on
0: his own that equipment piece i hear people talk about all the time uh the cost uh, and the depreciation on stuff how quickly things depreciate and, and some of this equipment is super expensive and can lose value very quickly yeah i mean how much stuff have we seen where time it would take uh, to get a new piece what equipment. people are paying for used equipment it's unreal crazy <laughs> trucks yes it is
1: so um I'm kind of thinking of some kind of wrap-up things that I want to cover. Um, one of those is your your client base is all farmers, or do you work with other ag business?
2: Um, we work with farmers. Um, yeah, I have I have mostly farmer and livestock. I think there's um, one dairy in our program still. Um, I have we we're set up to do all sorts of different livestock enterprises and crop enterprises too. But you know, being North Dakota it's not as variable as what we're set up to do, but yeah.
1: Sure. And so uh, we have more than just North Dakota people that listen to this. So the adult farm business management, that's something that's across the country. Yep. I I imagine. So. Well, with our uh,
2: program, our program's centered in North Dakota, but yes, there are farm management. Other. Yes. Across the country. There's a conference in June, I believe, where they all meet together and it's, they're from everywhere. You could
1: find this program anywhere. Right. So people that do what you do are in everyone's state and and likely relatively close to where they live. Oh, yeah. But if you're in North Dakota and you want to work with an adult farm business educator, uh, how would they? How would they go find their local person? And and what what would be the best resource for them to go look? Is it a website? Is it a? Is there a directory? How do they?
2: We have our website, um, North Dakota Farm Management and on there you can find a list of instructors. Or um, okay. if you're into Facebook, we have a Facebook page, North Dakota Farm Management Education. You can shoot us a message and we'll get you in contact with the um, the right instructor. Or I'm trying to find the email address here. You could email, hold up on my computer. Craig Cleveland works at the state and he kind of um, takes care of all of our program. He's the supervisor of ag education. So you could email him mm-hmm. at um, CR Cleveland, K L E E N at gov, And then he could also get you into contact with the current too.
1: So, so there's a lot of ways to get in touch with you, Morgan. If, if you're around that, that, that Harvey rugby, Willow city, uh, area.
2: Yes, yep, and I'm I'm not locked down to any particular location. I do have some guys further out, but um yeah, that's my main area.
1: But but if you're outside of that area, uh it sounds like there's a lot of resources. I took notes. I'm going to make sure this is in the show notes. Uh, you know, just just that website, email address, Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So, if anyone isn't working with an adult farm business educator, then and you have interest in that, you can you can be found. They can find you guys.
2: Yes, we can be found. Um, yeah, and I mean even even if you just want to come have a conversation and learn more about the program and see if it's a good fit and understand a little bit more about um, what we can do for your operation, then yeah, I, any instructor would happily have a conversation with you.
1: Excellent. Well, awesome. we'll make sure to tag all that stuff in the show notes. Uh, we'll we'll tag you on. Uh, and and the farm business stuff on Facebook and if there are other places like Twitter, maybe I'm not sure. No, just Facebook.
2: No, we, Facebook was a big.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we understand. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll we'll make sure to do that. And and Morgan, you can hang on. But for everyone else listening, uh, just as always, we appreciate you listening to this. And if you got questions, look in the show notes. Go find that. You can reach out to Morgan. You could reach out to other people that work in the farm business management education side of things. I think what you guys do is an extremely important part of the whole part of farm business management. I mean, they, it takes you guys helping them get their their books in order, the accountant to actually tell them how this works on a tax implication, the loan officer if you need to borrow, the agronomist on production needs, I mean, we all play an important part. So it was a great conversation. And, you know, thanks again for listening all the way to the end. And until next time, we'll catch you on the Agronomist Happy Hour. So Cheers. Mm-hmm.